Whose knob do you have to hob to get some information around here? This week on The Hapless Heroes. Hey, do you think the end is nigh? And welcome to another episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. I'm Francesco, and tonight I am again your host in DM as we continue our adventure in time. Let's start by introducing our cast to my virtual left. We have Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Good evening, everyone. John is Lord Gerald Light. I don't know what I expected when I let Hobbit pick the bar. Bill as Hedrick the Entertainer. Yeah, my name's Hedrick. I'm here for the booze and the flues. Mike, as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. First round is on me. Zach, as Pregnart. I don't want to catch the flues. Nicole. <laughs> 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 Nicole. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Nicole, as Boris the Butcher. No, oh, I don't know why I drank that. And James, as Hop with the Smasher. Good evening, friendos. All right, when we last left off, you guys got kicked out of the Magical Academy here at the center of Ul due to some of your hijinks and unlawful activities and just general suspiciousness as well as, cra- well, perceived craziness as at least to everyone else's knowledge, including some of the greatest minds in Telduria, time travel is impossible. And y'all are probably just a bunch of crazy motherfuckers talking about the end of times. And they don't need you meddling in their business. But you have, at the very least, probably at least put them on high alert as y'all couldn't keep your fucking mouth shut and just kept blabbing about the apocalypse coming in a few days. So To be fair, it still is scientifically impossible. It was a one-way trip. We absolutely can't duplicate it, and absolutely nobody involved in doing it actually understands what the hell we did. Great time. (laughs) Really is out here. That's fair. But, you know, in order to regroup, Hoblet had, uh, you know, he's been here before. um, From the sounds of it, at least from what the bartender at the establishment he took you to um, told you, it's been about two years since he's seen Hoblet, but y'all ended up at the Villag... In. Well, it was the village in, but the E has mysteriously gone missing from that sign. And um, the barkeep, Hobnobson, has welcomed you in. Obviously, he seems to be pretty tight with Hoblet, has given you guys, you know, Hoblet's, you know, has, has brought the drinks around for the night. You guys have somewhere to sleep as well. Hedrick's performing and, you know, things are picking up. We're going to, before we move on to, I guess, day two of this adventure here, just check in again, you know, now that, you know, the bar has been packed in a bit now, right? Like, like uh, you know, a lot of the working class folks have come in to kind of, you know, blow off some steam and just kind of let go of what, you know, their their days and enjoy the music. Hedrick has drummed up quite the crowd, though. Um, as they're all, you know, people are bopping along, dancing and just like genuinely enjoying themselves. The atmosphere in here is 
rather pleasant, if if not, you know, little seedy dive bar like the outhouses where the latrines are not the greatest things you've ever seen. And if you were to have taken a look at your lodgings, they also are leaving something to be desired, as Hoblet has indicated, these rooms are not necessarily made for long-term stays. That being said, you know, we're in the middle of the bar. You know, it's it's a loud and busy night. Um, Hobnobson has a couple bar backs with him, you know, just kind of helping, keeping the drinks flowing. Um, but he's definitely personally prioritizing your group. You never have to wait for anything. Um, was there anything y'all were doing before we long rest the next day? Was there anything left you wanted to do with this first day? Find an apocalypse cult. You want to find that tonight? <laughs> you want to find a doomsayer tonight? Yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of, I do. Well, there's not one hanging out in the bar, that's for sure. Um, but there are, uh, you know, there's there's all manner of folk just like crowding around and, and, and enjoying the music and drinking and carousing and just, you know, enjoying each other's company, we'll say. Um, do you hear, do you see a lot of patrons that are being turned away at the door, like moaning and groaning? It's like it's a bunch of individuals coming in with people who are obviously dressed as, um, who are, I guess they would just look obvious to you as, uh, workers of a certain variety um but people are being turned away disappointed because suddenly all of the rooms are full sucks to be them mm. hedrick wants to address the crowd um i know i see these workers running off and stuff but uh you have their attention yeah. Well, this is, you have plenty of people still here, but just there is a certain type of crowd that's not really staying for long because they weren't here for they're not coming here for the music. Right. <sighs> Shit. I kind of have to think about this harder now. <laughs> I have an idea of what I wanted to do um, without being so blunt, because I don't think he would do that. Let me think about it. Move on, please. Okay, so yeah, Hedrick's performing. Anyone else doing other stuff? Uh, Pregnant's probably trying to find somebody who believes that the uh, end is nigh. How are you doing that? <laughs> I'm going to sidle up to someone who'd be like, Hey, um, you ever think um, the end is nigh? <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to... You're literally walking up to somebody right now and being like, Hey... Are there do any you benches? think the end? Do you think the end? Yeah, there's some probably there's some probably some benches and other things and tables and whatnot, right? Yeah, there's. Uh, Pregnard's gonna find like a person sitting at a fairly empty bench and just like do the move where you like sit f- further from them and then slide towards them, maybe uh-huh. uncomfortably close. Of course. Maybe it sounds a little something. Like oh this. no. Hey, do you think the end is nigh? <laughs> there's our episode you know, bumper oh see there you go that is tasteful i'll call that a tasteful use of a slide whistle um the person just kind of like looks at you sees that you're a frog person 
And you can see that they are clearly fucked up, whoever you're talking to. Like this, 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 like, I don't know, cool. middle-aged dude. His pupils are dilated as fuck. He's got a beer in his hand, but he's kind of like, you know, he's like shaking a little bit. And he's just like, what do you know about the end of times, Frogman? Uh, it's probably going to happen in like two days. Oh, shit, man. That kind of sucks. You live around here? Yeah, dude. Yeah, you should get Do the you? fuck out of Dodge, man. Oh my god, that's fucking crazy. I mean, there's a frog telling me it's the end of the fucking world. Like, oh, he like looks inside of his mug, right? Like, it just kind of like, like as if he's going to find some sort of answer to why this is happening to him inside of there. And he just looks at you and he just kind of like pokes you to like see if you're real. It's like, oh my god. He just like jumps up out of, out of his, like off the bench and just like bolts out the door. And you hear Hob go, wait, you're supposed to pay for... <sighs> On to the next one. <laughs> try, try again. You know what I'm saying? It's time to you so you're, go. Are you, you're just like... So like so Pregnard is just progressively <laughs> scaring people, essentially. <laughs> or just weirding them out no, in the crowd. I think, I think um, after that reaction, maybe... Uh, his uh, his efforts are a bit tempered, and uh, he's okay. gonna he's gonna maybe let that come up in conversation more organically. <laughs> How do you slip Something in the end of time? Yeah. <laughs> um, Hedrick, did you or were you prepared for something, or do you want me to keep kind of going around the room here? As opposed to addressing the whole room. He would say, all right, folks, I'm going to take a quick five minutes. I'll be right back. You hear a lot of groans. Be like, oh, no, one more song. One more song. I'll give you 12 more more songs. Just give me five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I am looking for somebody. I don't don't know if I have people approaching me at this point as I get off the side of the stage. Um, I need to refresh my drink. And I'm looking for somebody who at least is of some sort of sound mind or ideally some sort of scholar. Scholar. Well, somebody who's got, you know, tomes and books and book smarts. I want to remind you the establishment that you are in. <laughs> well, you said adventuring party, so I thought maybe just maybe. Oh, I didn't say anything about adventuring party. You're the only adventuring party here. I said working uh, class folk. Oh, OK, are in fair here. enough. Yeah, um, there was a certain kind of worker he was referring to, I think. Yes, and it was not of the um, of the nocturnal variety. variety. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess just well, I, mean, I think sex worker is just a neutral term to use here. That there is oh, sex yeah. work. No, and it's real work. Yes, it is. Yes, but so that's that's what's happening, or what was, you know, where they were coming here for, and unfortunately, the rooms are now occupied. Yeah, still um, looking to bribe somebody with alcohol to see if they could bring a doomsayer into the bar. Yeah. Uh, how? Okay, so like, say you, you saunter up to the bar. You're like, just like, you know, people are chit-chatting, you know, like, hey, great set, dude. That was awesome. You know, yada, yada, like the typical, like, you know, post or like, you know, break, like mid-show break stuff, I guess, from someone who did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just picking someone out of there and be like, hey, listen. I buy you a beer if you bring me a doomsayer. Yeah, how I get are you my, asking? I get my inspiration from all sorts of places, and I tell you what struck me: it was a different 
you know, segments of, of this great city and noticing a lot of these fellers on the corners with a whole lot to say. And it just intrigues me, you know what I mean? I mean, what I wouldn't give to have a chat, a sit down with one of them fellers right now, you know? I mean, I'd give away oh, a pitcher of beer. You really want to bring someone like that in here? I feel like they're going to kind of kill the vibe, man. Well, it's interesting. When you see as many different types of folk as I do, you learn to appreciate everybody's individualities. <laughs> I can appreciate that perspective. I, so you're saying you're going to just buy me drinks if I just find you one of those crazy people. Off the, I, you, you mean you can literally just walk out there and probably find one yourself. Okay, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you in a minute. Excellent. Listen, man, I'm going to pay you in drinks to kill the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is everybody else doing? Like Zero, obviously, you're not like much of the carousing type. Right. I'm kind of curious where you are in the midst of all this. No, but as opposed to the usual um, lubricants that Zero would be consuming, he has red eyes this evening and is consuming more what would be uh, considered solvents, uh, namely the most high proof, uh, purest stuff that Hob Nobson has at the bar. The closest thing to a degreaser possible would be good. Uh, Everclear would be better, uh, but I'm not sure he has anything that pure. I mean, this is, you know, the villain. Oh, but this is Hob Nobson we're talking about, and he's got a special reserve if you're asking for that. Where do you absolutely. think I The spirit of Moradin absolutely wants to drink, and he's going to so, do something that this body can handle. So he looks at he looks at you then, Zero, being like, oh yeah, I could take you back to the reserve. Hey, Hoblet, want to take a shot for old times? Of course. Let's go. All right, all right. Come on, come on. Come on back. Come um, on back. Hoblet knows that this place is devoid of any information because he's spent time here, that this place is full of useless workers. So he's not, I would just have been spending all my time with Hob at the bar, just shooting the shit. So that's why Zero comes up and asks for the stash. I'm right there, ready to roll. I wasn't interested takes, in anyone else. He takes you two to the back and in the, like, so like, he like, you know, walks you around to the side of the bar and brings you behind as a door that leads to like a, a back room. This back room is lined with kegs and barrels and, 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 and whatnot. There is no there is no kitchen. Um, but there are like, you know, just like snacks and things like that. Like, you know, just like essentially, you know, like food that does, is either pre-cooked or, you know, like just bar, bar, bar snacks, essentially. So they can see that they serve food at this, um, you know, establishment that you can totally sleep at. But further in the back, there's also what appears to be like a poker table. And there's a few individuals, you know, uh, actually playing what it looks like with dice at this table. And they're like drinking and like having a great time with each other. And there's like, you know, money being, you know, gold pieces and stuff like that being thrown around. Um, and Hob takes you over to a room that's adjacent and attached to this back room. And inside of there is what, what looks like our massive locked crates. And he, you know, pulls some keys out of his pocket and he, you know, unclasps the lock and pulls it open. It's almost like the holy grail of booze. He says, listen, just between you and me, my sources say this comes from the purest of dwarven distilleries. And I'll never tell you where I get it from, but I'll tell you this is the real stuff. 
Okay, this is ambrosia for the gods, man. Does Hobnobson also, like, own a little slave boy that he uses as a pod racer? No. (laughs) (laughs) Your mind tricks aren't going to work out of me. Just wondering. Just wondering. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going with a very Sebulba vibe for this uh, this dude, aren't I? (laughs) No, that's Watto. Sebulba is the other guy. Oh yeah, that's right. Watto. So what was the other pod racer dude? The Doug. Yeah. <laughs> we we all purged that movie from our minds a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Anyways, um, and he like you know the, like you can see he actually like almost like the way he flips the crate open and then he actually folds it down, and you can see that these like there's one of these kegs already has a small spout that he produces three tiny glasses out from his from his person and fills them up and hands you each one and has one in his hand. And he says, to your health and a long life, Hoblet. It's good to see you again, friend. To many more. And y'all clink glasses and he shoots one back and you shoot it back. And then for a moment, you feel like you see God. So Zero takes a drink with them. um, And as Moradin would know, is this the real shit? This is the real shit. You have no idea Excellent. how we got this. Moradin is internally de-fucking-lighted to be sharing a drink with two of his great-great-great-grandsons. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, now, I gotta ask this question. Hobnobson has not taken note of how much Hoblet has aged since since last he saw him? It appears not. Alright. I don't know. At a certain point, dwarves kind of, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't care what species you are, what race you are, I think 160 years would be noticeable if you saw the person two weeks ago. No, two years two ago. Years ago. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. It would be maybe too it's weak. Maybelline, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we dwarves have rougher years. Sometimes we have better years. All right, fair so, enough. Yeah. If anything, it just looks like Hoblet's seen some shit. Just mm-hmm. saying. But I appreciate and that. I'm rolling in flash and gold, so if you throw money around, people tend to He's not. He's not going to ask questions. Face. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Fair. While y'all are sharing a drink. Um, you know, the barbacks have started, you know, like the, 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 whoever was helping out is kind of taking over doing drink orders and things like that. Um, but the person that, uh, the patron that Hedrick had talked to about bringing a doomsayer in, uh, has re-arrived and you can tell he has arrived because you can hear from the door, just this shouting, Stinners! Beware! The end of times are upon ye. You must repent. You must repent to the old gods, to Ao himself, the creator of everything. For everything we know and love will be destroyed because we are full of sin. All of you, all of you full of sin. You will all die and perish. And I, and I can hear people just like shouting and like they're like throwing things at him. I'm like, oh, get him out of here. Who invited this guy? We don't need this guy. They're killing the vibe, man. I would like to talk to this guy. I mean, you could just walk right up to him if you wanted uh, to. 
Hello, guy. I'm pregnant. Foul oh, creatures, see! The, a plague of frogs is already upon us! Look at what the apocalypse brings us! That is very rude. I'm not a foul. Oh, the foul beast speaks! Have you never seen anything like this before in your lives? It is evidence of the end times! You are the rude. manifestation of our sins! You are rude. I am rubber and you are glue. You are foul. You are evidence of bad things, so, so go away. <laughs> oh, creature! Keep your filthy, diseased hands away from me! You bring nothing but fear, plague, and pestilence to our realm! Pregnart hops and licks his the side of his face and then uh, hops away. He's like scre like screaming uncontrollably now, and like like at this point, like like the bouncers have have have, have carried him out. <laughs> and uh, the guy that you had uh, hired, Hedrick, comes up. He's like, "I'll take my drink now. I guess I hope that's what you were looking for." <laughs> yeah, Hobbs got it for me here. Here you go. Enjoy. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hedrick's gonna take the stage again. <laughs> Well, that was a little crazy, but if I'm not mistaken, a little crazy uh, every now and then is all right. If we still have time, we might still get by. But every time I think about it, I'm going to cry with bombs from the devil and the kids keep coming. No way to be easy, no way to be young. But I tell myself that I'm doing all right. There's nothing left to do tonight but go crazy on ya. Yeah, crazy on you. I'm gonna go crazy, crazy on you. Ooh. Thank you, thank you. That one goes out to our um, mild-mannered friend who just left. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's manners were not mild. It was a joke, Pregnart. <laughs> I didn't care. And Hedrick, I would assume, continues performing his second yes. set. Okay. Um, so at this point, right, we've, we're kind of reaching the later parts of our evening now. Um, Hoblet, you are feeling... Sauced. Sauced, as usual. Um, Lightly, at, yeah. At this point, Hob is, is he's like, at this point, like, uh, he's, he offers you to, like, you know, play some dice with some of the dudes in the back. He's like, you know, I've... If you're cool, just don't, you know, don't ask them what they do. You know, they're actually pretty fun. All right. So Hoblet's like, you know, maybe playing dice or whatever with some of these seedy individuals in the back, throwing some gold around. Mm -hmm. uh, zero Din. <laughs> as good a title as any. Uh, after you you know, shed the drinks and the carouse. They're like, are you hanging out back there? Or are you trying to go back to your compatriots? Like, what, what's your plan of attack here? Obviously, you know, I guess that there's, it, it is every, it is always time for carousing, I suppose, when y'all just have, I mean, a world to save, but, you know, they can't all be doom and gloom all the time, right? Um, what is your, I guess, next approach here? Like, you've, you've, oh. you've, you've tasted the nectar of the yes. gods, so to speak. A after the drink, Zero will profusely, yet modestly, yet extremely sincerely thank Hobnobson for his, uh, for sharing this drink and the 
excellent hospitality, but then he will quietly excuse himself, um, actually back up to quarters for the night, um, sort of, you know, slipping out quietly from the carousing otherwise. Okay. We all winding down. Boris, I haven't heard from you in a bit, so I just want to make sure that there's no shenanigans. And I also have to apologize. I noticed, um, in our last episode that I said I was going to come back to Boris and then I just teleported y'all outside. So um, that's my bad, y'all. Sometimes um, the actions of others impact the actions of others. But uh, Boris, before I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask what you were up to in the midst of all this stuff. Boris is nowhere to be seen in this room. However, there is a, a, a short, somewhat familiar looking, scruffy working class gentleman in armor that looks kind of like Boris's with a uh, surprisingly large pile of gold coins already at the dice table when Hoblet arrives there. That's what I wanted to hear. I fucking <laughs> love it. Yes. <laughs> is it Joris the Jutcher by any chance? Um, uh, this is not Joris the Jutcher. This is uh, Goris the Gooker. Oh, I, I actually like that less. Is that, I didn't think I could like that anything less. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So that's kind of how the night passes, right? No other actions. Everyone's kind of cool. We're going to long rest here and move on to day two. We're not supposed to ask what the other dwarves at the table are doing. It's entirely possible that Boris has a higher body count than all of them put together. Right. It's very likely. Business it's a mutual not respect yours among that table. Yeah. 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 It's a don't ask questions. We're just here to drink and play some games and not talk about work kind of night. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it's the dawn of the second day. Um, I would say that your night was restful, but you are occupying eight of the 12 rooms that this place has. And well, the walls aren't exactly thick. Oh, but the booty mean? was. Yeah, there was it was more than just clapping for uh, Hedrick's set that was happening last night, if you know what I mean. So. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I will call it a long rest. So, I mean, some sleep did happen in there. Can we call it a long-ish rest? Yeah, long-ish rest. But y'all awake in the morning. Um, this ain't no real bed and breakfast. There's not going to be food ready for y'all, so. What? No brunch? W what day of the week is it? We'll say it's Thursday. No brunch? <laughs> This is preposterous! We have to go find brunch. Maybe uh, today's the day that we invent brunch. I mean, if theoretically <laughs> we're 160 years in the past, maybe they just haven't caught on. I don't know about you, I haven't lived that long. Maybe Hoblet. Was the Thursday still a thing? Should we have this brunch and that's fucking weird? Oh, yeah, I guess Hoblet would know. No, the tradition for Thursday brunch started well after the fall of people. Sunday was the typical day for brunch these days. Uh, well, in that case, uh, Pregnot, are you prepared to cook brunch? Would you like to cook brunch today for us, Pregnot? Yes, I would. Uh, and Jarrell will... There's no kitchen on. here. Let me make sure I have the spell. 
to create the food. <laughs> but if you have the spell to create the food, then how is Pregnar preparing it? Or are you just prepare? Are you just summoning the ingredients for Pregnar right. to then? Exactly. I'm just gonna hold hands, and we'll do it together. Good. I don't even need to pretend like I picked that over the course of the night. Nope. I just always have that one prepared now. Forty-five pounds of food and thirty gallons of water. I mean, are you literally? I mean, 40, 45 pounds of food <laughs> is a lot of food. Yeah, sure is. Listen, we're trying to change the international day for brunch. Yeah. <laughs> how many? How are many you doing are that? Staying at this place. And are you doing that right here at the Villag Inn? And from what I heard last night, there are some people that worked up quite an appetite. <laughs> if Pregna is comfortable cooking the forty-five pounds of brunch here, he can cook forty-five pounds of brunch here. Yeah. Um, Hobnobson, you know, I guess he hears you guys discussing this uh, opportunity for brunch. And he's like, "That's preposterous brunch on a Thursday. Who would even think?" Don't of choose my word. I'm sick of people calling me preposterous in this past. <laughs> <laughs> I had enough of it. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I just said, I, I, you know, never. I never knew it was be so crazy. I can um, just barely pronounce it. I don't like the word. Um, I think I have a. I think I have a. Some that stove I could fire up in the back. I guess I haven't used it in a long time. I'll help. All right, I think y'all. This this is a good idea. We're going to try to convince people to come to us. Okay, y'all fire up the kitchen in the village. The village inn, which has not been fired up in well, a while. Um, but you're able to get it going. I mean, it's a kitchen. It's not that hard. I might make you roll for anything. Jesus Christ. Like, y'all are well beyond, like, starting a, a basic cooking fire. Okay. Um, But what? it's 45 pounds of food that you are planning to summon. What the fuck are you even summoning? It's like 10 pound ham. Maybe more. 20 pound ham, at least. <laughs> okay. So that's 20 of the 45 pounds. Another 10 pounds of bacon, a whole bunch of eggs. Anybody want pancakes? How much? How much a pancake batter weigh? Ham and bacon. Well, you would. It would mostly be uh, dried powders, and then you're going to be adding the water, which comes out of a separate. Uh, well, well, I have thirty. I was thirty gallons say, of water. Two on the nose. Right. I have thirty gallons of water, so. I'm going to um, make a grasshopper quiche. I'm going to make a cinnamon balls. I'm going to make a north southern omelets. Well, northern southern omelets. <laughs> yeah, north north southern omelets. Can you Darrell, tell me what is were... it a north southern omelet? Oh my god. Just the best part in the middle. Well, <laughs> when you go to try to actually summon the food, you notice it's it's taking you a little bit more effort to actually like draw the magic needed to be able to summon such a tremendous amount of food. Like it shouldn't be this difficult. This is like, this is drops in a bucket for you. This is like, you know, literally your bread and butter, huh? But like, sure. it's like, it's, it's, uh, you're finding it very difficult to really summon. I mean, you, you managed to do it, but it took considerably more effort than you were expecting it to. Like you feel like a little winded, if anything, after you've like 
finish the you know ritual to summon the food i wasn't sure if being that close to the like convergent point would make it easier or if being that far away from the actual like power of valen would make it harder so okay well um something valen was not a god at this point right right so and that's where most of my power comes from so that might be what he attributed it to the fact that this was pre valen being fully powerful yeah like she was just a she probably didn't even exist at this point you know or if she did like she was just a person she ascended after the fall of people um can Jarl do a history check to know when Valen was supposedly like born oh you or... know no you don't even I'm not going to tell you this is your god my dude like this is information sure. that you have at your fingertips um you know the story of Valen goes that after the foul upheaval, humanity had looked towards Valen as sort of a, a leader. She was, you know, a, a devout follower of the divine arts, but never really sort of pledged her allegiance to a specific god or goddess, right? But more just like felt that the people themselves needed a champion to protect them, especially after the tremendous loss of life that the foul upheaval caused, right? Um, and just through her benevolent deeds and just, you know, championing, championing the will of the people, like, you know, she she rose to some significance in like, just as far as like, you know, having like, displaying like, you know, divine powers, you know, and almost creating like, sort of like, you know, like the sort of divine miracles that you're even able to produce now these days. Um, and that she had gone beyond into the crucible lands to try to drive back you know, a force and, and or to drive back, you know, I guess like just some, you know, I mean, it seems like invasions are very common, right? Is they're constantly always happening. It's just that the very, the severity had increased in your lifetimes. Um, but for her, it was, you know, she had performed some sort of heroic deed to, to save, you know, or at least like drive back something that threatened all of humanity. And those deeds had ascended her to the, I guess, to where she is today. Do I know like just what the time frame alone. was after the upheaval it was, it, around? It, it would have been it would have been a few a few years after the foul upheaval. So there's a good chance that she's actually alive somewhere right now in the world. Yep, but just, just like not a person. A yes. yet. and yeah. feeling fucking exhausted because you just pulled power from her and she has no idea. Anyways, Valen's on her deathbed because you made breakfast. <laughs> um, so breakfast, I mean, breakfast is prepared. Y'all like create a fucking feast way more than to, than you ever, will ever need to feed yourselves. Um, well, it's only double what we would feed ourselves. I can I make enough food for 15 people. And Jarrell usually eats for two. So <laughs> that's fair. Um, Hopnopson definitely joins y'all for some food. He's a little knackered after a night of drinking himself. Drinking. We drank like jet fuel with zero. <laughs> he's, a little, he's a little bit under the weather because mm. we were drinking. Um, But yeah, like some of the 
people who had stayed the night were who would normally be scurrying out um some of the folks do stay and eat and are like oh my goodness this is like the best thing i've ever had in my life like what who made this like i didn't know you serve food here hob this is amazing this is like well beyond what i expected from this establishment This is the wonderful cooking of my good friend here, Pregnot. It was me. <laughs> we could... Gerald this... introduces the frog that cooked the breakfast. <laughs> wow, you is do he... this every Thursday? Is he like, where? where is Pregnot? I thought, I figured Pregnot would still be You're like in, the kitchen. in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Let me drag him out of the kitchen. Like, here's the yeah. chef. Right. With a little chef's hat on and just kiss the cook you, apron. You get, you, get some, you get some golf claps, you know. He just holds me up by like my scruff. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo, Frog Chef. Bravo. He gives a little wave. Thanks. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, you're fed. You have been sustained for sure for the day, um, at least for now. So zero din, uh, zero din, slightly inspired by this act of creation, sort of turns to some of the patrons and says, "Go now." and spread the news of Thursday brunch far and wide. Okay, man. Will do. <laughs> like, say it like menacingly, like, you will spread <laughs> or more, more like, you know, like, you know, like superhero preachily, but still like, you know, like absolutely bizarre for everyday conversation. Like nobody would actually say that. I love that for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've moved on uh, at this point. Now we've eaten. Like, what's the plan of attack for today? This is day two. I'm still of the mind that we should check on Ebenezer's actual house. Just see what condition it's in. See what his family life is like. Let's go casually spying, dude. Yeah. And his family. Sure. We don't even. We remember no idea where he lives. You know. Before we get there, guys, do well, party apologies. Do remember that this is probably one of the most well-guarded houses in the entire world right now. We might need to come at this with some caution. You may be correct. I mean, I, I don't know how well-guarded a, a typical high-up dean at a school would be. Well, no one said he was the dean. Well, I, yeah, teacher, professor, whatever. I mean, he, he's a, he's a good professor. We know that, but like, how well guarded are your average, even the magic teaching professors' houses around here? I was under the impression Ebenezer was a little higher up than just that. But. I mean, he do, yeah, he's part of the advanced all disciplines thing. But yeah, from what from what you what you know about him, he's just like one of the most like beloved and like. Um, I guess, like, you know, advanced professors at the school. And he's done a lot for the city of Wool and it's, you know, and it's inhabitants as well as all the students of that school. That's the reputation he carries, at least. Do we know if the school is led by a council or, like, an individual? No one really stopped to ask about what the leadership structure of this place was. <laughs> And we'll grab like, an org chart next time around. 
I don't know. It just it seemed to me that we're looking for some nefarious angle, and nothing was presented, obviously, other than coincidence mm-hmm. inside. Y'all were kind of sent here on a wing and a prayer, so you weren't really given a lot of prep, and I don't even think you would have been able to be have been given a lot of prep, seeing as how it would affect how things go here. And well, I guess you just kind of have to figure it out on your own. Well, the connection to transporting into Dr. Heinz's office might just be the location of that action that sent us there. We're looking for resources outside of the tower, and I'm not so sure, like, you know, the direction in this strange place is going to grant a lot of angles to think about it. The So Jarrell's kind of framing it like, uh, well, the only real point of interest we know or clue we have is that Ebenezer is here. It's his family. Um, potentially, it may have even been his son that was injured yesterday. But we don't know what will lead him, what seemingly is not an evil man, to destroy this entire city and bring about pos- the beginning of the apocalypse. Something must happen in the next 20, 48 hours that cause him to do this. And if we can figure out what that is, we might be able to figure out how to stop him from doing that. Well, and I think Boris got the, the key information that Ebenezer has a family, he has people that he cares about. And I don't know if that's who he was standing over in the infirmary, but it would go to show that they don't allow anybody near that when Ebenezer himself is in the infirmary. Well, from what I gather, they just thought there were better healers than me. I probably could have healed that entire infirmary in a day. And Gerald just kind of proud of him. <laughs> sure you could. I have all the faith in you, Jarrell. I mean, heck, they don't even know who they're talking to. They really don't. I think that's the problem. Well, neither did we. <laughs> we don't know who we were talking to either. That's the other problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, the only idea I've heard thrown around at this point was try to find out where Ebenezer lives and stalk him. Um, one critical Correct. piece of information you're missing is that you don't know where he lives. Right. Details. So, if this is your plan of attack, because I'm just, I'm literally, I'm just going off of what y'all are suggesting here. Um, how do you try to get the information? What's, what's the next move? What's the plan? I'm, I'm certain that there's someone around town who would know of that high of a professor's typical comings and goings. Or how late were you playing um, dice till last night? Late. Boris was not drinking heavily. She just had that first you know, beer and then changed to costume and went back to the dice table. So she would have stuck around like right until the very, very last possible moment that she could have been playing dice and totally legitimately winning money without cheating. (laughs) You met two people that were interesting to you last night. A halfling named Timble Tumble. He just goes by Tum, though. And um a uh, a human female uh, named uh, Kieran Elvani. 
Why were they interesting? They were interesting because, well, you know how to tell a certain type, Boris. Um, because, well, I mean, you've you've run in those circles. You know those circles. Hell, you've like you know, you've helped kids like kind of fight their way through or out of those types of circles. Um, but you know, they seem like they may have a network of people who do things that may or may not be similar to things that you may or may not do. Um, no words were actually said about anyone's professions last night. However, it could be, it was very easily inferred that, you know, they might be some interesting folks to talk to uh, in different circumstances. You know, you might be able to go through some back channels if you wanted to get a hold of them or get in touch with them. You don't have your normal network of people that you would typically have, right? Your your little orphan spies you have everywhere. But uh, did I say spies? I mean your 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 orphan confidants. That yes. You, that you and, and that that are you that you are the, their benefactor. They are the benefactor of you know your generosity. Uh. Anyways, um. So, but you know you still know kind of how to some palms and, and get some information and you know get in touch with some people if you're looking for information there's always that avenue okay and i know how to contact uh tom and kieran yeah you might be able to just kind of like i mean you might even be able to just talk to hob about it you know and put you in contact you, you left a good impression last night so I, he probably would not be opposed So I, you know, turn to the group and 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 say, I might know somebody that I can talk to about some information. They seem about my level of sketchy, so they might know where his house is. That's as good as le a lead as any. Yeah, and I guess Boris turns to the Don Hoblet Hob Hobnobson. Hey Hob, do you know where I can get in touch with Tom and Kier? Oh, um, what are you, what are you looking to do? Not, not, not that it's my business. I just, uh, you know, I figured I'd ask. You know, they, 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 they might be a little, some, some trouble for, for, I know, I know Hobbit likes to look for trouble, but. Trouble's pretty much what we're looking for. Fair enough. Uh, well. Tom's not one for too much talking, but you can, but I know, I know, I know Kieran, well, she comes here most nights, but, uh, she, she runs things out of her own little, her own little spot. Uh, the, uh, hold on, let me go to the bucket for this. I want to get a good name unless someone's got one in their back pocket for another CD dive. What about the CD dive? Is that too on the nose? A bit. I mean, you asked me for a name of a CD dive. The CD dive. Uh, Chuck's dive, but everybody just calls it CDs. <laughs> Winner. She runs a little, uh, you know, she runs out her, her, her shop out of, uh, you know, CDs down in the, well, the CD corner of town, you know, Chuck's Dive. You know what I'm talking about. Ah, but you, you've been there once or twice. I know it's not as good as here, but... 
They're all right. It was all right. Carol won't just see anybody, though. I mean, if you got a job, you get your. She's gonna want to take on it. She's gonna want a little cut. She's gonna want in on it. So you better go with a good offer. You know that. Uh, and if you're looking for information, same thing. You better have something to offer. Boris just pulls like a handful of gold out of her pocket from her weddings last night. That might work. Well, that's where you can find her. You know, just don't tell her I sent you. In case something goes wrong, I don't need it coming back to me. I try to run a... Well, no, I can't even lie. I don't try to run a clean establishment. I just try to run an establishment, man. I just don't want too much trouble walking in these doors. You leave your problems at the door. I'll tell her you said hi, then. Just like Hoblet. That's why we're friends. Yeah, I can see why, Hoblet. You keep an eye on this one, though. I think she's a little. She might even. She might even surpass you with the. That kind of. That kind of attitude. I'm not qualified to supervise anyone. Also, sorry, I've been drinking, so my accent keeps changing. You know. <laughs> it happens. What that? What that stuff in the back will do to you? Oh. Um, so I guess it's off to CDs. Any objections from the group? No. Nope. Okay. No, um, you go further into the CD part of CD Town in Ul. <laughs> um, and yeah, you find yourself at Chuck's Dive, and this place um, does have the E at the end of Dive. You know, the word dive that has the word E at the end of it. <laughs> How do we I'll leave it for that? now. <laughs> I just liked the other place because they got rid of even a necessary E. Oh, they did. Huh? Someone did. Mm-hmm. They didn't fix it. Mm-hmm. So they must have been okay with it for the last two years. Or however long ago someone Persuaded did it. to keep it that way. We'll see. Could be. Time will tell. <laughs> Mystery um, how it got that way. <laughs> but I mean, it's like the morning right now when you go to CDs. So there's like, you know, the the doors are closed. Like the lights are, you know, like the, all the lanterns and stuff like that are off. Like they're out. Like it's dark in there. And there's just like, you know, a big burly dude standing at the door. Y'all are just like walking up to the door, or are you just like, are you just, are you, you know, you kind of observing first? Are you done describing this big burly dude? Yeah, He's a big how burly, burly dude. is he? All right, six foot four mm. and like three hundred twenty pounds. Like right. shapely or like shapely. a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. He's got, he's just, you know, like rough, ruffled hair, big beard, big potato nose, just like, you know, not the most handsome fellow you've laid your eyes upon, but he definitely looks like he's there to make sure that, uh, you know, 
the general public ain't entering it right now. All right, Pregnart walks up to him and says, Yeah, we're, we're here to see these dives. And he, like, towers over you, right? And he, like, you know, you see his you know, shoulders are just very broad, and he just, like, hooks over you. He just looks at you, he's like, Hey, what do you want? <laughs> this again. What yeah. brings you here? <laughs> yes. Queen. I don't know you. <laughs> Have you ever seen these? And uh, Pregnart shows him uh, some of his some of his recipe cards. <laughs> you know what's good for you. You better take a step away. If you're just gonna be handing me garbage, these are not garbage. This is a good recipe for the chicken noodle soup. Do you want it? Yeah. All right. Why not? I get lost. Ah. Oh. What is your name? You first. My name is Pregnard. Yeah, well, they call me Tiny. On account of my tiny voice. Oh, I thought it was like an uh, ironic thing because you're big and <laughs> burly. No, it's because of my tiny voice, okay? I like but I'm super voice. confident about it and I own it, okay? Yeah, I love your voice. Some people just have high voices, okay? And they were born with high voices their whole life. It doesn't mean that we can't just treat it like a normal situation and not, Pregnant, you know. Pregnant reaches out and, like, touches his hand, like, knowingly and uh, <laughs> sensitively. And he says, hey, man, I get it. I like your voice a lot. You don't need to, you don't need to explain to me anything. Um, make me a persuasion check. The most charismatic player in the party. <laughs> right. It's a rolled 19. Persuasion, oh, you yeah. said? Yeah. Okay, that's, a tw- that's a 29. Yeah. The 36. <laughs> wow, little frog man. That's actually kind of the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> yeah. You seem like a good guy. We're going to be good friends. All right, so what brought you here, man? You're not just here to hand me recipe cards. I see you're a bunch of, with a bunch of other people who are just kind of standing there staring at us having this conversation. Yeah, they're just standing staring at the guy that probably is best at the starting a conversation, but not continuing it. <laughs> Jarrell, Jar- <laughs> again, is just chuckling <laughs> watching this happen. <laughs> um, hey, what are you all going to just stand there for? You're going to tell me why you're here. Jarrell pats Boris on the back. Uh, our friend Boris here is here to speak with someone. Now, Boris, don't forget, you were in disguise last night. You were not showing up to that table as Boris. Yeah, in the walk over here, I have done nothing else to disguise myself except putting the mustache back on. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, what does she want? Or he? What did? What did? <laughs> I'm what here to want? speak. I'm here to speak to Kieran. Yeah, what do you want with Kieran? Uh, Boris again pulls a bag of gold coins out of her pocket and says, "Good job. Good enough for me. I'll be having. I'll be keeping my eyes on you. All right." Yeah, your frogman's pretty cool, but I don't know about the rest of you just yet. So, if it comes down to breast, if it comes down to breath text here, I'm just gonna, you know, the frog stays, but you gotta go. 
then he lets you in. And you can see inside. I mean, the place is empty. The tables are up on, or the chair, <laughs> the tables are up on the chairs. The chairs are up on all the tables. Um, you know, stools are up on the bar. Like places shut down. Um, and he, and Tiny, just kind of points. Just sit on through the back. Knock three times. And say the word. Jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs> really loud. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. See you later, Tiny. Have a good day, man. See you later, Pregnant. You're the best. <laughs> no, you're the best. No, you're the best. Nah. <laughs> Oh, the things I do for you guys, I just want. To, I just... <laughs> that was great. Uh, I'm really happy with that scene. All right, what do we see when we go inside? Like I just, oh, I described yeah, that to you already. Oh, we, sorry, we have sorry, to sorry. go across. And the, yeah, and jobs, jobs, jobs. Yep, I assume we proceed as instructed, unless anybody stops Boris from doing so. Yeah, listen, oh. the password doesn't have to be complicated when you got Tiny Guard in the door. All right, like right, right. yeah. <laughs> Zero is just going to act as hired muscle and do lots of standing with arms crossed and uh, deferring to uh, the lady with the mustache. Jarrell is only going through uh, into this establishment and with Boris to make sure that it goes like actually how it's supposed to go and not some ridiculous way where Boris oh, and not just leave everything. Boris by herself to correct. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't, we didn't have this option last time, so we're making ah. sure we take it. I see. Um, well, you you see there's a door at the back, and it's got like one of those little you know, con, you know those very you know those eye holes that's been shut. Yeah, like one of those like little sliding viewing plate things. Um, I'm assuming you knock on the door. Can I just can I who who, who does the knocking and what do you say? Boris, I think, is going to knock. I've kind of taken the lead here. So Boris knocks three times and says, jabs, jabs, jabs. The, uh, you know, eye thing slides open, sees the tall people standing there. It shuts. Another small eye slit that you guys notice is more eye level with Pregnard and Boris. <laughs> Opens. Look up at you. They're All staring right. at you. <laughs> chops, chops, chops. <laughs> you hear uh, you hear a voice from behind the door. Does it really take all of you? Ugh. Okay. And the door opens, and you see um, you see Kieran standing there. She's got long brown hair. Um, you can see that she's even wearing like she's got like some like eye like uh, eyeliner on that kind of like swoops up at the edges of her eyes. Um, and it's like, you know, it's kind of become almost like dark shading and just, you know, just almost as if like, you know, to kind of like hide some of her eye structure. Um, and she's, you know, wearing a like suit of studded armor, has like a little cloak attached to it that she has like slung over one shoulder in the front and in the back. And uh, you can see sitting at the table is, you know, a couple similarly burly looking dudes to Tiny. Um, and there's like a map of Ool on the table. And she just looks at you, Boris, and she says, Ah, Chorus, was it? 
And Boris rips off the mustache immediately and says, Boris, actually, uh, I wanted to return this to you. And then drops the bag of coins on the table and says, and ask if you know where we could find Ebenezer. And like the, the, the two guys who are at the table kind of like look up, right? And like have their eyebrows raised and you're in kind of like, just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she like kind of whispers like, what are you looking for Ebenezer for? You trying to you you trying to you trying to do a job on his place? Because I tell you, we've been casing that place for years, and there's that is an impenetrable fortress. All right, I don't care what kind of goodies he's got in that house. I'm not touching it. You better have something real good if you're trying to hit that place. Boris uh, answers in thieves can't, and says we're pretty well equipped for this job. So we don't need any help. We just need to know where to find the place to look for him. She says back to you in these kind of, she's like, you know, like it's, it's, in these kind of, it's like a mixture of like hand gestures and like, you know, just some like cold, like slang and cold words, stuff like that. Like pretty much unintelligible to the rest of you. I mean, but I'm she essentially like a base coach in baseball mixed with yeah, uh, other stuff. Pretty much. Um, <clears throat> but she, she responds to you and says like, no, no, you can't just bring something this juicy to me and not give me any of the details. Like I want in. Still in Thieves' Camp, Boris says, we're trying to stop the apocalypse, so there's a good chance of death here. You're welcome to join us if you'd really like to, but we all expect to probably be vaporized. <laughs> oh, so a suicide mission. Okay, no, you're on your own. You're crazy, Boris. Absolutely. All right. Well, I mean, if, if, it's, if that's all you're looking for, she, like, just walks over holds up the map, points. That's his house. Good luck. I didn't send you there. I had nothing to do with this. If y'all get yourselves killed, that's on you. Is she actually raising her hands the way that you are right now? Perfect. Boris high fives both hands. <laughs> puts a handful of bubblegum cigars down on the table. Um, and the, the location she pointed you to is like, you know, he lives in like that sort of inner ring closest to where the actual like massive tower is and like that, you know, convergence of magic is. Um, he doesn't live too far from there. You know, she gives you the address and everything like that. He's, you know, one of those like really nice like mansions uptown. I figured as much. But now you have the exact location. Um, I'm assuming, you know, Boris, I mean, you all get the information, but, you know, Kieran's like, okay, well, if that's it, uh, we'll see you later. You know, Tiny will show you out. Tiny! And, Tiny, you know, you see the door burst open. Yeah, boss! All right, make sure that they get on their way comfortably, okay? Oh, uh, yeah, no problem. Come on, pregnant and friends. Thanks, Tiny. Anytime, man. Listen, you know where to find me if you want to get a drink, all right? Yeah, let's hang out later. Yeah, I'll be here. You come find me. I guess your friends could come too, but... You're cool, man. I like you. Same. I'd like that, Tiny. You're good people. Yeah, I can vouch for all these guys. are pretty great. So 
So I'm do you think we want to we want to go straight to his house? I wouldn't necessarily recommend straight to his house, especially with all the security. It does seem like he has. I think maybe we should just set up and watch and see what we can. Hiran did call it an impenetrable fortress. Which I know is simply a challenge to you, but for the rest of us, it's unlikely we will be able to get in if it is as solid as it is. I feel like... Sorry, I'm speaking out of character, but this is just what I'm thinking. Um, I feel like this would be a good... Because this is sort of mid to late morning right now, right? So I feel uh, like yes. this would be a good time to maybe split up the party. Some people sort of nonchalantly walk around that place if it's like in a place where people may nonchalantly walk. And I already say no just from Fran's face. All right. No, no, I'm just... No, 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 no. no. Fran's like, like, ooh, I, split the party. Ooh, okay. Party. <laughs> um, because we kind of like want to make the most of our time do like some recon in mm -hmm. several places probably. And right. it's not like we're going to like act on anything at the place. Well, Hopefully. Do you know us? No, no, no. Like, no. <laughs> not without like the cover of night. I'm saying, like, we just want to scope out what it looks like. Probably. That's what Jarrell wants to do. I right, don't know so what send, other people are going to end up doing. I would say send. I say this Jarell planning is. Quinn. I say some of this planning would be great to have in character. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just I. I uh, hesitated to do it in character because I don't know if this is like an idea that Pregnar would have. Right. right. I see. <laughs> yeah. No, I was think I was thinking something similar, but like to have like a base of operation. So uh, yeah, I guess um, as we're kind of walking in that we left, right? I, we're walking I, in I, yeah. I, I lean in. We could always just return to the village inn. I was thinking maybe we find somewhere a little bit closer to his house if we could um to set up as more of our observation slash base camp it's not like we don't have enough money to afford one of the places around here um mm. Jarrell, so how, how do you presume we throw around that kind of money and remain undetected Jarrell um is going to look at one of the coins that he has in his purse. Um, <laughs> I think Fran already knows what I'm going to ask. <laughs> um, they they are kind of time stamped, aren't they? They are. They do have minted dates on them, and those are those dates are well into the future. However, the coins that Boris was throwing around and has been throwing around are minted. For, 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 you know, current right year. Now. That being said, these are actual gold coins. So, right. depending on who they're going to, like, I mean, they're made from, re they're, they're, they're gold. Yeah. They're, they're just future gold. <laughs> with, a, with an emperor on it that's not yet the emperor. <laughs> yeah, just take it to a smelter and just be like, hey, Sony made these joke coins. Aren't they funny? Ooh, anyway, fantasy money laundering. <laughs> we haven't been convicted of that yet. <laughs> There's still time. Boris pulls a bellow out of her pocket and holds it up. 
Like a forge bellows? Oh god, did I you have a forge bellow in my pocket? Oh, yeah, it's one of those things you stole. Mm-hmm. Okay, next time we're not on a time crunch, perhaps. What's the plan? What's the direction? Uh, so as they're walking, Gerald will say, Do you think they'll let us pay for a room with just a big brick of gold? Boris pulls a big brick of gold out of her pocket. <laughs> that uh, is that big be... brick of gold the nameplate for a Dr. No, Richard J. Have, Hines? Oh, okay. I have a crate of ingots in my pocket. A crate? <laughs> a crate. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been letting Boris accumulate stuff. I mean, that's what happens sometimes. I've been keeping track of the approximate square footage, though. <laughs> so I think we're all set for money. Jarrell can't pay for anything, but oh, Boris gonna, certainly you're can. Just gonna be, okay, we'd like a room for an indeterminate amount of time and just slam a gold ingot onto the fucking like countertop. And, and, and then when they look at us confused, slam another one down. And this it's one's funny. to shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I like that as sort of the scene to end this episode on. You guys get to like the ritzier part of town, right? You walk into you. You walk into the Garden Inn. Boris puts on her fur coat first. Oh my god, yes, okay. The Garden Inn is beautiful. We're talking open central courtyard that has like, you know, like this beautiful like hanging garden inside and fountains and like all the birds chirping and stuff like that with like sort of like a, you know, a lot of the rooms have balconies that look out into the courtyard as well as some that look out. It's like a nice actual like hotel. Um, Like this would be like your five-star hotel. And yeah, like Boris literally walks in, <laughs> slams a fucking gold brick on the counter, which, slams which, another one on the counter. Which direction is uh, Ebenezer's um, house? House from where you're staying? Right. I mean, it's 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 several it's it's a few blocks like like several blocks to the north. Like he lives in a like a residential area, like a community. It's not really right. like a hotel like in his backyard. You know what I mean? So you're still several blocks away to like to the south of where he lives. Okay, so we you're just in asked the state, for the you're suite. in the district. Yeah, we yeah. just asked for the suite, the highest room is on top as they can. <laughs> it's just a it's a it's a two story, like like square building with like an yeah. open center. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you get a top floor. You get the you get you gotta get the penthouse suite, and they got a gold brick to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and from this operations. From this new base of operations is where we will call this episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast and let y'all mull over on what you're going to do for next time. Hmm. Take a very luxurious bubble bath. Maybe it's on the table. Hey, the day has only begun. But listen, everyone out there in Internet Radio land, if you like us, you should find us on the Internet. We're on Twitter and Instagram at 
at Hapless Heroes. We're on Facebook and Reddit. Just look for Hapless Heroes Podcast. Those places will point you also to what we consider to be the our favorite place to hang out on the internet, and that is our Discord server, where you can meet and interact with a lot of us and just have a grand old time talking about anything from D&D, like moment, your favorite moments in, in the show, or just stuff that exists outside the realm of what we do in this little podcast here. But know that you're joining a like-minded community of for lack of a better term, a bunch of nerds. We're all a bunch of nerds and we love it and we own it and we celebrate that. And we encourage you to join us and just, you know, join the conversation. Really be a great time. But if you really like us, you can leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice or a five-star rating on Spotify because they're doing that sort of thing now. Um, helps us kind of grow in the ranks, get more people like get get this show in front of more people, and like you know, if you really enjoy it, it's it, you're you're doing your small part to allow others to find it and enjoy it themselves. And we deeply appreciate you for doing so. And if you've done all that and you still want to say some, if you haven't found a way to send us some kind words, well, we have an email, hapless at gmail.com, or we have a five star channel in our Discord server where you can say some nice things about us. And hey, we will say some nice things right back to you on air if you do so. But in the meantime, if you really, really like us. You can donate to our Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash heroes. Bunch of different rewards on there. Um, all the money goes right back into the show from funding new equipment to replacing broken equipment. So, you know, it, we're, you know, it's, it's been funding a lot of this stuff to kind of help us adjust to this new remote recording life that we have become accustomed to now. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's all gone a very long way. And we just deeply appreciate all the support we've been getting over the years. It's just, I, I mean, it's, it's truly humbling to know that we are worth your hard-earned dollars when we're just here trying to have a great time and share it with you. So thank you. And if you like us, right now you like us, Sally Field, and the whole deal, find a map of Teldoria on our uh, Discord channel and uh, try to form it around a globe. Make make a three-dimensional globe of the Teldurian map. And uh, yeah, take a picture and show it to us. I'd like to see that. I want to see what. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see you get creative. And, uh, Just not forget to credit the original artist. Oh yeah, what is the, who is the original Max, artist? Maxime Plas, M A X I M E P L A S S E. He's uh, got his own like DeviantArt page and his own website. He you know allowed us to use this map way way back when. He's a he, he's a phenomenal cartographer. Like he's made a ton of maps for people, and they are all just. Excellent. Hell, you can even probably reach out to him. He'll commission a map for you if he's still Do doing that sort the, of thing uh, these days. Different uh, locations marked on it, like Wool and Tarantis and uh, Gray Citadel and stuff like that. Most of them were already marked. There are some areas that have not been like places that we've created and stuff like that. I did not want to modify the original map because you know I, it's sure, it's sure. not not mine to change or update. But we've you know we've we've used it as our inspiration this whole time, and it's just been awesome. Yeah. So yeah, if you like us right now, you like us. Like the whole deal. Make a, a three-dimensional representation of Teldoria. Yeah. Hell yeah. And follow us on Twitter, at Hapless Heroes. Where Zach will now be taking over. Oh, God. <laughs> taking the <laughs> reins. This is Anyways, ready, everybody. <laughs> while we prepare ourselves for the inevitable demise of our Twitter account, I'm going to go ahead and outro <laughs> our cast, starting from our, my right, <laughs> with James as Hoblet the Smasher. What have we gotten ourselves into? Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Or Goris the Gooker. 
Oh, I'm glad all this stuff came in handy finally. These ingots were getting heavy. Zach as Pregnart. Hey, Jarrell, do you want to form a bobsled team with Tiny? Sounds like the worst bobsled team ever. <laughs> Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Always at my service. Bill as Hedrick the Entertainer. Well, I guess no matter what era you're in, money talks. John as Jarrell, Lord Jarrell, Champion of Justice. I fucked up your intro, so I've got to outro you the right way. Until next time. And Dave as Zero Valen's Avatar 4. Good evening, everyone. And I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.